Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Welcome into episode 42 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. I am Tyler Uremchuk, once again, back from another hiatus, as I am known to do on this podcast, Cam Lewis. Alongside me, we are brought to you by DoorDash, as is the entire network of podcasts and the Blue Jays took two out of the three from the Orioles, which is actually kind of disappointing, isn't it, Cam? That's really sad. This was this was ugly. It started off quite well on Monday. I was actually at that game. It was a pretty electric atmosphere. It was a good time. They won seven to three, and then they followed that up the next day. Just bats disappeared against some, I don't know, some guy. What is his ERA coming into the game? Seven? Eight? Some shit like that. They lose 4-2. And then the third game, they just scraped by and win 5-4. This is not... At all, the, like the performance you're expecting against the Baltimore Orioles. This is this is not what we're looking for. No, and you needed a sweep. And when we talked about like what it would take to get into the playoffs and all that, we were looking at every game against the Orioles as pretty much an auto win because that's kind of what it had to be. And once again, the Blue Jays find a way to lose games to teams that they should be winning. And if you go back to even just the middle of August, you dropped two against the Nats. You should have had them both, but the pitching let you down. You dropped two against the Tigers. Should have had them both, but the bats let you down. And then again, let's throw one more against the Orioles onto there. And all of a sudden, that's five losses that are pretty inexcusable, in my opinion. And let's say you even just win four of them, or you even just win three of those kind of inexcusable losses. You're only one and a half or half a game back of this thing. You're, you're way more in the race if you just would have done the job against some bad teams. And that continues to be a theme where they're playing down to their competition. And it's not like anyone ahead of them is lighting the world on fire. In fact, the Jays have the same record as Boston in the last 10 games. They have a better record than Oakland by three wins in the last 10 games as well. They just, they're not beating these bad teams and it's preventing them from making up the ground that they desperately need to be making up when they're playing teams that are well below 500. No, it sucks because, you know, they blew so many games earlier in the season and it made some sense because they had all of those injuries and, you know, their starting rotation wasn't quite as good. It hadn't really solidified. There was problems and, you know, they were blowing leads to good teams like Tampa Bay or, you know, things like that. But even back in June, we were looking at this stretch of the standings and we saw Detroit, Baltimore, Detroit again, you know, the Nationals, uh, LA, Seattle. I mean, Seattle's not that bad, but whatever. Like we're looking at all these teams and we had a, you know, we're giddy for them. We were like, this is when they're finally going to go on their run. And now, you know, they're healthy and they have a 
a strong rotation and, you know, all of the bats are there minus, you know, George Springer kind of back and forth, back yeah. and forth, but you know, the majority of the team's healthy. They added at the deadline, they added, you know, depth to their bullpen and everything should be clicking. And it's just not, and it's, it's frustrating to watch because we're really looking forward to the stretch for a long time. And it just it, wasn't good. It disappointed. Absolutely. We'll get into the race, what's going on with the other teams that they're going up against here and all that in just a second. But first let's dig into three up, three down brought to you by twig and berries. Twiggyberries.ca, free shipping in Canada on orders over $75. And you can save 15% with the promo code Nation15. They won the series, so we will start with the ups. And let's go back to game one, Coombsy, where the ace himself, Robbie Ray, he is firmly in the Cy Young race now. I'm not just talking about a nominee. Like he, The numbers he's putting up in his last couple of starts, this guy could potentially win a Cy Young this year, I think. Yeah, the strikeouts especially. That's really the key, yeah. and that's... That's what was, I mean, there was a lot of good things about that game. He was fantastic. I, like I said, I showed up to that game and I, I, I was at that game and I showed up in like the third inning and I huh. felt like as I was outside coming in, I could hear him grunting <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's right. This is going to be, this is going to be a big go. And then he goes ahead, seven innings, only four hits. I mean, the Orioles are the Orioles. They fucking suck, but still only allowing four hits over seven innings. He strikes out 10 guys. Like it was a, a huge start. And I mean, you know, a couple more of those and he's got the strikeouts, I think, to beat Lance Lynn, who might have a superior ERA. But like if he keeps putting up like 10 strikeouts, I think it was the start before that. It might have been two strike starts ago where he had like 14 strikeouts. Mm-hmm. You keep doing that and he might win it and he's going to get paid. He's going to get a big, big fucking bag of cash. Huge ticket coming for him this winter. And the other thing, too, like if he ends the season with like whatever it is, three, four five, however many more starts he gets. If he ends it strong, the recency bias with the voters might play a factor into this race as well. Like they might sit there if the Jays only miss the wild card by like half a game or if they somehow sneak in and it's on the back of like four Robbie Ray starts that that'll help him win the Cy Young. Could you imagine if he if the Jays somehow sneak in? It's very unlikely. And they start him in that wild card game and he does like seven innings, 13 strikeouts. He's going to get paid like 140 mil in this deal it's nuts. Like the, he's already earned a massive contract and a strong end of the season is just, it, it's going to increase the number of suitors who are bidding for this guy. Um, he goes seven strong, only allows two earned and strikes out 10 in the process. Um, speaking of players getting hot, Vladdy Guerrero jr. Had himself quite a series leading things off. He had a home run. Um, he actually had a two home run game in that series opener. And that was really cool to see. Were you in your seat for both those? I was, that was, um, yeah, the, the first one he hit was shortly after I arrived. So it was nice. like kind of sat down, Vladdy hit the home run, stand back up, go back down. Then like 45 minutes later, he did it again. And that was kind of a bizarre game. Cause they only, they, 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 they scored seven runs. They only had six hits. So yeah. it was just like a big power showing, but it's so nice to see Vladdy coming up from whatever kind of cold streak he had going on before he wasn't hitting for much power. He was kind of reverting back to last year, Vladdy, where everything was on the ground. I imagine it was maybe he was nicked up or maybe he's just fatigued. It's been a long year. He's played yeah. like every game, but now hopefully he goes nuclear and he can, we can start talking about him getting to 50 again. Yeah. If he keeps this up three home runs in three games against the Baltimore Orioles, he's got the average back above 300, the OPS back above a thousand. Things are starting to turn back around for Vladimir Guerrero jr. Our third up is uh, the man like we're, we're dubbing him the closer now. Like there's not really much of a debate there. I mean, they can say whatever they want, but Jordan Romano is the closer and he appeared in two or in the two victories 
and he was lights out. That was some really, really good stuff there from Jordan Romano. And the guy gets fired up. Like he, he he's tall. He throws hard. He get, has that energy when he gets the last out of the game. That's everything you want in like a prototypical closer. Yeah, that 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 last save in particular, because that Wednesday game was weird. And it looked like they were going to blow it. It really did. Even when they pulled the lead or pulled off the lead in the eighth inning, it kind of felt like a game they were going to blow. So Romano coming in, pitching that ninth and picking up two strikeouts was so huge. And honestly, I just, I mostly wanted to put him as a plus here because he's had a really good year. And I feel like we don't talk about it that much because just about every reliever on the team has been pretty up and down this year. Like even, you know, the Simber and Richards duo, they picked up mid season. They were you know, they were so good to start off. And now I think they've kind of burnt out and they're struggling a bit. Tim Meza, he had a, a really rough go. He's been largely good, but he's had a really rough go in, um, I think, May. And then he was hurt as well. Jordan Romano has really been the only guy who consistently for pretty much the whole year has been good. And that's what you love to see. So you got to give him some praise. Came through for them once yep. again. Uh, let's get to the downs here and talk about some of the ugly moments of this series. And you got written down here, uh, the the bottom of the order. And yeah, man, I, I got to agree with you. I know there was some pinch hitting there that, that was moved around and some of the pinch hitters ended up coming through. Jansen had his solo home run, but it's not just about not getting hits. Like you need more clutch hits. Gurriel had one. He had a big one there yep. in that series finale. But other than that, like an offense that had, the beginning of the year, we're sitting here going one through nine. They're so good is now like thrown out Kevin Smith. Who's just kind of sputtering his way into a major league career and Dyson's here now and all that. Like they're not one through nine, super scary anymore. They're kind of like one through six is super scary. Yeah. The, the lineup should be deeper and better than it is. I mean, the one through five, as we all know, Springer, Semyon, Vlad, Bo, Teoscar, fantastic. That's great. And then after that, you have this collection of guys, Guriel, Grichuk, um, uh, like the catchers, Kirk, uh, Corey yeah. Dickerson, like a potential for a platoon. And then it just, it just never clicks. There's, there doesn't seem to be a combination in which the bottom of the order gets hot or good enough to complement the top of the order. So it's such a top heavy team and a top heavy offense right now. And that's kind of what we're seeing. Like the bats have looked so limp recently. And largely it comes down to just a handful of guys at the bottom, just not hitting like Grichuk specifically. Like I was just digging into his numbers. And since the beginning of August, he has a 547 OPS with two home runs. Like what the fuck is that? (laughs) And he's not even hitting against the Orioles either. Like I remember he'd always go on one of those nuclear streaks as soon as they played Baltimore. And that didn't even happen this series. He put up, you know, an 0 for four and left like five guys on base. And even his, like his, his go ahead hit in, um, in the Wednesday game was one of the weirdest things you'll ever see. Like I, I, I tweeted on the blue Jays nation account. It was the, a screenshot of the play on uh, MLB.com like Gamecast or whatever. And it was, you know, them turning second and third with one out into like a double play that scores a run. Like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that, that was an, that was a weird way to win. And, and it is, Picking on Gritchuk, he had the sack fly, the one of them game, sure, yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, he's been bad now for, for a stretch. And hopefully, like the bats are going to have to get hot here, and and that's going to not just be the big the big guns up front. That's going to be everyone, whoever's catching, whoever's in that other outfield spot. They all really, really got to get going for this next stretch of games. Um, the next one, this was a bit of a uh, a, a scary moment, um, spooky maybe is a better word to describe it. Uh, when George Springer. Rounding second slams on the brakes. You 
you saw him live in the moment, kind of pull up and wince a little, goes back to the base. He's hunched over TV timeout. We come back. Dyson's in. Um, Springer looked surprised he was pulled and he came back to play in, in the third game of the series. So that's all good, but that's, that's also not good. Like that leg is clearly not a hundred percent. No, that's not what you want to see. It's not ideal that you have an outfielder that can't run. That is, isn't ideal. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough conundrum for me because you know, the, the back and forth and the argument has been, all right, are we going to be conservative right now and pull this guy out and maybe rest him a day while we're in these must win situations? Are we worrying about right now? Are we worrying about the whole 30, you know, days left in the season. Are we worrying about next year too? Like what's the priority right now? And I mean, to be totally honest with you, I don't really know. It's, it's, it's a worrying thing. Like this might be something we talk about for the entirety of this contract, which I mean, is something that I think none of us really bothered to ask ourselves when the deal was signed because we're all just justifiably so excited. Yeah. But now what we're seeing is, yuck, this is a, a, a like a pretty big problem. And I mean, I, I really hope it's like he gets a good off season and this isn't a thing again next year because it's, yeah. it's really sucked the wind out of the team sales. I think they, they get accustomed to having George Springer in the lineup and on the bench and firing guys up and coming up with big hits. Like he's super clutch. He always has been really the one clutch guy on the team. And then when he gets injured and disappears, then I think it really just sucks the energy out of the team a lot. So you just really want him to, to be on the field as simple as that. The third down we have here is uh, the start from Hunjin Ryu, which was just, it's written down here, not because Ryu was bad. I'm not saying that at all. I mean, the guy struck out the side in the fifth and he rolled into the sixth inning, still carrying a no hitter. Um, but that sixth inning, things turned sharply. Um, he had two outs. It looked like he was going to roll through another inning here. And it's a double from Mountcastle, a single from Hayes, a walk issued to Santander, and then a double from Urias scores two, and the Jays never really quite recovered from that, uh, losing the game ultimately 4-2. Did the Santander walk, considering what we've seen from Ryu, he hasn't really been going deep into ball games this year. Yep. Considering what we've seen from Ryu this year, was it a mistake giving him one more batter? Or does the fact he carried a no-no into the fifth and into five and two-thirds, was that the right move from Charlie? I think, like, it's the fucking Orioles, man. Like, I want to trust Ryu to get one more out, but I also look at the way things have gone this year, and I go, man, maybe you should have tried to get a better matchup in there. Yeah, that's kind of the thing is, it's it's kind of hard to wrap your head around the idea of Hyunjin Ryu being a quick pull. You don't, yeah. this isn't Steven Matz. This isn't, you know, Ross Stripling. This isn't the the number five guy on your staff. He's a $20 million guy. And yeah. he was, you know, right up there in Cy Young last year. But just the way it's gone this year, like he looks pretty burnt out. He's struggling a bit. His velocity is a bit down. He doesn't, he's not painting the corners quite as much. And one thing that's been noticeable is that things go south for him pretty quick. Like all of a sudden you'll see like the pitches are, they're missing. And, um, things just go south and i mean i remember there was a game i think it was against the white Sox. like he was cruising super well early on then all of a sudden it was dinger 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 and it's almost like you know when when he loses it and he's not going to get it back and i do wonder you know the four pitch walk to santander it's kind of like given the way things are going you might have wanted to pull the trigger a little quicker there yeah, it was interesting. And I mean, it what it ended up not being the right decision using hindsight because it kind of cost them the game. At the same moment, I have a tough time hanging a loss on that one choice when, again, yeah. 
you're going up against a pitcher who has a 6.9 ERA now in Aiken, and you only hit him for one earned run. Yeah. Like the, the bats let him down in that game. That's the overwhelming story of that one is the fact that they went 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position and left three guys in, in scoring position with two outs. Like, that's not good enough. Like, they need to find that clutch gene somewhere in their lineup. Like I said, Gurriel came up huge for them in that final game with, with his RBI hit. He ended up going 2 for 3 in the game. That was massive. That was a turning point. Gritchuk got a fly ball. It scored him to run the <laughs> run. That was huge. But, man, in game two, like... Even if you go one for six with runners in scoring position, you you're probably at least going to extras at that point. So the clutch hitting is still just the biggest concern for me yeah. with this team because it's and like it's weird. You sit there and you watch, and there's a guy on second, two outs, and it's like I have zero confidence. Doesn't yeah. matter who's at the dish. Could be Vladdy, could be Bo, could be Semyon. I'm always just like I have no confidence they're driving in this run. No, just just almost never. Like even when it gets late in the game, you're like. Mm-hmm. Like last game, they 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 did pull it off, but there was almost no point during those final few innings where I was like, oh yeah, they're gonna rally. Even when they had second and third with you know one out or whatever it was, I wasn't, I didn't even expect a big inning. I was like, maybe Baltimore will throw a wild pitch and we'll score a run. Like you just didn't expect anything good, which it's- is really depressing. It's so funny that you bring up the wild pitch thing because I found myself doing the exact same thing. Whenever there's like a yeah. runner on second, I'm like, all right, come on, just, just chuck one in the dirt. Like get that runner closer, 90 feet closer. That's what we need right now. And it's like, holy shit for an offense as dangerous as they are for me to be sitting there as a fan and going, I hope, I hope guys are moving on wild pitches oh, here. Fuck. Like that's so that's fucking bleak. depressing. That's bleak. All right. That is a uh, three up three down brought to you by twig and berries. Again, that promo code there is nation 15. Let's get into some other stuff now. And one, uh, Nate Pearson is back with the big club. He was smiling. He was sitting in the bullpen, uh, enjoying the view of the CN tower. Like he said to Hazel may before the game, uh, it's nice to see him back. It'll be nice to see him in action and hopefully nice to see a dominant bullpen presence of Nate Pearson. Yeah, this could be a game changer. I mean, I don't know if right now the big issue is the bullpen. It's certainly not a strength, but right now the challenge is the bats, but just adding something to the bullpen that has the potential to make games a lot shorter, you know, Pearson can toss two innings, which I think is great because there aren't that many guys in the bullpen that can do that. Mm -hmm. Also the other thing here is like Pearson needs to have a nice finish to his season. This, This year has really sucked for that guy. I mean, he came into the year, Everybody was like, yeah, it's your number two starter. And, you know, he got hurt at the beginning of spring training, lost his pretty much his whole spring training, had to build himself up. They brought him back for that game in Houston. Didn't really have any reps behind him up to that point. I think he only had one start in AAA and he went like three innings. Then he got pounded by the Astros and just looked fucking devastated. Then he went down to AAA and he was still not pitching that well. And then he finally pulled it together. And then he has this sports hernia issue. They finally figured out what it is. And then, you know, he comes back as a reliever. Now he's pitching quite well but he needs to have a positive, like even not so much, like even totally honest with you for the team right now. It's honestly about like the future of this guy. Like you don't want to have the entire 2021, just be nothing. Like just get something, some confidence under this guy, give him some innings, maybe even like we all want to see him in tough situations, blowing balls by, by guys. But honestly, at this point, just like ease him in, put him in some nothing situations, get some confidence. 
Yeah, yeah, that's huge. And man, it's funny. This season's been such a roller coaster that that Pearson start in Houston, that feels like it was a year ago. Like that feels like it was so long ago. It's been such a long road back for this guy that you're right. Not even put the team shit aside, like just for the person here, you hope he can come back and end the season with some sort of positive momentum heading into the winter. Um, all right, let's talk about the news we got today that Brad Hand was uh, not only DFA'd, but he's one of the Mets now. So another major league team looked at what that guy did here in Toronto and was like, you know what? There might be juice left in there. Um, based on what we saw here in Toronto, he has nothing left in the tank. And um, like, there haven't been a lot of trades that I've been like upset with Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro for, but that is one. It immediately looks like shit. Yeah, this looks really bad. Um, well, it already I, is bad. Like, obje- like bad. hands gone. So it's like, it's already label it yeah. awful trade. So the reason this sucks is because Riley Adams it's a small sample size, but I'll go through the numbers anyway. Riley Adams played 19 games in the Nationals, 341 batting average. Uh, he's an over 1,000 OPS. He's got a couple of dingers, but let's also be realistic here. It's Riley Adams looked really bad when yeah. he came up with the Jays, really bad. And I mean, he's 25 years old and he was hitting good in AAA. Okay, that's fine. Um, he's also struck out 15 times, walked four times. That's not a great peripheral. And if we're being totally honest with you, like the Jays have a pretty tough 40 man crunch right now. And they have a lot of catchers on the roster and, you know, Reese McGuire has proved this year. He's a big league catcher, I think. So if you're going to get rid of one of the five catchers in the roster, it's probably not going to be McGuire anymore. Like Adams, there was a fair chance he might've gotten DFA'd ahead of the um, rule five. Yeah. Just because you can't carry five catchers forever. So he probably was the odd man out. It's just unfortunate that they traded him away for a reliever who just was complete dog shit. Like it would have been nice if hand could have been something at all. And, and, and that's, he, had, he didn't have a single good outing for the Jays. I don't remember. No. I, and that's the thing. I, that's the point. I, I like that you framed it that way because I agree. Like I'm not upset about giving up Riley Adams. I'm not looking at what Riley Adams is doing in Washington and being like, ah, what the fuck that he could have been helping us. Cause like he wouldn't be playing. He's behind three no. other guys pretty firmly on the depth chart. It's not happening. You got Mourinho coming up through AAA there's, or through the minors. There's no reason to have Adams on your roster. He would have been gone for spare parts, but I, I would have enjoyed mm-hmm. getting a reliever who's a little bit more yeah. serviceable than Brad Hand was, who actually Brad Hand hurt their chances of making the playoffs more than he in any that way helped them. Blew at least a couple of games. There was the yeah. one in Seattle. It was a tough situation for him in Seattle. He came in, just walked the guy on four pitches. God, that sucked. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. The one positive here is at least the front office just stomached their mistake. They, they're not hanging on to him and being like, oh, fuck, we got to continue letting this guy pitch because we don't want to look like donkeys for giving away a prospect for nothing. Yeah. They were just like, you know what? This guy sucks. We can do better. Just get him off the 40 and let's figure it out. That's the um, one positive. The final note you have here and other stuff is uh, Mike Wilner, who was responding to a fan on Twitter. Um, someone... Uh, Someone asked him on Twitter, is there any chance Julian Merriweather will be back soon? Wilner said, yes, there is. Um, We have been fooled, or I at least have been fooled too many times with this Merriweather news. I'm on your side now, Coombsy. I'm not believing it till this guy throws a pitch. And even at that point, I'll probably go, I bet you he's on the IL right after this game ends. Yeah, like, let's be serious. (laughs) Like, where is he pitching right now? I'm looking at his thing. It says Bluefield. The Bluefield Blue Jays do not exist. They were part of uh, the minor league restructure and teams that they just got erased. So I think he's pitching in one of the complexes in Dunedin. So he's not even pitching in low A. He's pitching in like a sim league for, I don't know, like, (laughs) I don't fucking know. So like, I don't know, man. There's like a month left. He's pitching against 
I don't know, robots Nothing. or something, yeah. 16 year olds, maybe <laughs> high school students. Like what? I just, I just don't see it. Let's just, let's just calm down and hope this guy's healthy for next season. Let's just accept it. It is what it is. All right, let's move into what's coming up next. And it is brought to you by DoorDash. Use the promo code BJNPODDD. It gets first-time users of DoorDash 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order. Why not sit in, enjoy the Jays this weekend, taking on the Oakland A's and order some DoorDash to go along with it. Three against Oakland. This is huge. Like if we look at the standings right now, the Blue Jays, two and a half back of the A's. They're four and a half back of the Red Sox. You got to catch them both. So take care of business this weekend. You're going up against an Oakland team that is just three and seven in their last 10. Although it looks like they are on the verge of beating they the Detroit. Oh, they did end up winning. So yeah, now they they're they're The Jays are now three back of Oakland. Well, they got three games to yeah. catch them. You got to win them. You got to win them. Uh, we, we, we pointed the series out a while ago. This uh, it's, Three against Oakland, then after that, it's four against the Yanks. They're not catching the Yankees at this point. The Yankees no. had the hot streak that we wanted the Jays to have. It's not happening. The Yankees are wild card one. Doesn't matter. Now we're worried about Boston, Oakland, Seattle. You need to kill Oakland here. You need to win all three of these games. And that's not easy because they're pretty good. Yeah, they're, they are. I mean, that game. goes that goes without saying. Like, yeah, the A's are in this spot because they're a solid ball club. I um, mean, game one, they're getting a matchup against Sean Manaya, who's had a little bit of a little bit of an up and down season here so far. You mm-hmm. look at his outings, and like, there's a lot of zeros in the earned run column, but you can also find a lot of fives, and there's a seven mixed in there. And as of late, last time out, the Yankees tagged him for five runs and four and a third. Um, and actually, in his last three starts, where he's only racked up. Um, 14 innings. He's actually allowed 14 earned runs. So it's a guy who's given up pretty much a run an inning right now over his last three starts. So Sean Manaya, up and down year. He's a lefty. I think the Jays should be able to hit this guy. Paul Blackburn's going to go in game two for the Oakland A's. He's only started three times this year, and they're actually they all, they've all come in August here, and his numbers are solid. Um, and Cole Irvin will get the third start of the series for the Oakland A's. And then for the Jays, we'd be getting, we'd be seeing Alec Manoa. Manoa, Barrios, and Ray, I would think, because the last yeah. two were, yep. yeah, Ray and Re- or Madsen Ryu. So that'd be the three. Yeah. So, which is a good, a good combination, I guess. For a big series coming up against a team you're trying to chase, those are probably the three I would like hand pick to start if yeah. I could right now. I know That's Barrios one, two, has been up and down, but. Um, a, a chance here for the Jays on home field to make a statement and get back into this thing, right? Yeah. Uh, speaking of the pitchers, I wanted to mention, um, I was going to put this under other stuff, but I completely forgot is Barrios had a couple, at least a couple, maybe a few bad starts. And then he apparently made some mechanical adjustment, which means mm-hmm. that Pete Walker gave him Pete some Walker. magic elixir. And then he was really good in his last outing. So let's hope that continues because... We absolutely cannot afford for Jose Barrios to be bad. <laughs> that cannot be a thing. Let's let's hope that continues, and then let's fucking hope the bats wake up, man. Like, yes, I would. I would very much enjoy a three gamer against Oakland, where they put up five or six runs a game. That would like make me feel good, and then they would have you know tied Oakland in the standings. And Boston's playing Cleveland. You know, Cleveland is no slouch. They're above five hundred. Um, they've struggled this year against teams that are above 500 as well. So that is worth mentioning on top of that, but you know, maybe best case scenario, you sweep the A's Cleveland takes one from Boston and we're loving life heading into a big four gamer against New York. 
got to be good teams now. You had your chances against the yep. bad teams and you kind of blew it. You need to turn this around. And it's, it's interesting, right? Because you sit there and you're like, ah, oh, these are tough tests. But if you want to be a playoff team, you have to pass these tough tests. You need mm-hmm. to rack up wins here. So their schedule is just so hard. But man, if you want to be a playoff team, this is, this is what you have to do, right? Yeah, this is sink or swim. I mean, yeah. if you can't beat Oakland, you don't deserve to make the playoffs. It is what it is. Like I, like I said a few minutes ago, they're, they're good. They're pretty good, but they're not that good. They're fine. Yep. They're, you know, if, if, if you can't go ahead and beat them in the head-to-head and you're just not good enough for be a playoff team, and that's the way it is. So I guess we'll see in these next seven games. Do the Jays have any business being in the mix or is September just going to be a ride it out and enjoy it? You know, we'll, we'll know in a week if there's any legitimate playoff aspirations left at all. We might know in three days. If they get swept by the Athletics, it's over. If I was just going to athletics. If, if they sweep the A's, we're heading into next week where, I mean, tough because they, they, they have to go to Yankee Stadium and that's always tough. But even looking at like what the other teams around them have to do moving forward, that week, like if everything goes well and we're blue skying it, we are fully understanding we're being homers in this scenario. But if the Jays were to sweep the A's, they would head into a week going up against the Yankees where the Red Sox also have to play the Rays and the A's would be starting a three-gamer against the White Sox on Tuesday. So the Red Sox would have a tough week and the A's would have a tough week as well. There's a chance here in the next seven days to actually be like on the bubble, on the fringe of taking over a wildcard spot. They're, Jays also play seven tough games. So there's a chance that they're eight games back by the end of this oh, fucking yeah. thing. And we're, we're done next Thursday. We're going to sit here, crack open a pod and talk about, you know, what a disappointing yeah. year it was. Our takes on certified lover boy uh, and everything like that. Well, let's, let's hope. I really don't feel like us jumping on a zoom call on Sunday and sticking the nail in the season. I don't yeah. want that to happen. If they get swept by the A's, we're going to have to do it. If they lose two, we kind of probably have to do it, but if they take two, at least, and we can keep dreaming the impossible dream. Keep dreaming the impossible dream should be the title of this week's podcast. Uh, for Ugh. Cam Lewis, I'm Tyler here. I'm Chuck. Uh, for DoorDash and for our friends at Twig and Berries, thanks so much for tuning into episode 42 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. We will be back to recap Jays and A's. Win some fucking games. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. 
Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.